Welcome, my friends. You're listening to Be On Air, your companion for launching and growing your own podcast. I'm your host, Kaylee Marks. This show is all about the transformational journey of sharing your message through podcasting and entrepreneurship. Learn from diverse experts and guides as we dive into the heart of podcasting, branding, and online business and share blueprints to achieve your purpose. If you haven't already, please subscribe. And if you want to start a podcast or want to grow your show, I invite you to book a free strategy session with me via the link in my show notes or on my website. That's all for now. I hope you enjoy the show and I'll see you on the other side. Well, hello and welcome to 2021, everyone. Happy New Year. Kaylee Marks here, and I thought I would just send you all a live message from this beautiful, fresh January 2nd morning and just tune in with you guys and take a moment to ask you how you are. Like, how are you doing? Thank you for listening, for tuning into the previous episodes. Maybe this is your first episode, but I wanted to thank you for sharing your ears and I work really hard to bring on guests that are going to help your podcasting, but also contribute something meaningful to your life, to your relationships, to your work, to your love. And so I I hope that you've been enjoying things. I'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch with me via my website, social media, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. But yeah, I'd love to know what you're working on. Please feel free to join our Facebook group, Podcast Farmers, and you can be in touch with us there. And I'd love to know what you're working on, what your goals are for this year. I'm here to help serve the podcasting community because I really believe in what we're all doing here. And I think we have this really powerful platform that is growing rapidly right now. It's a great time to get in the game if you're not. And I hope that this podcast inspires you to get on your mic and start podcasting. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hey, 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 everyone. How's it going? As we're wrapping up this year, I wanted to bring on someone from a different industry than I've been speaking to. And uh, this gentleman is awesome. I know you're going to enjoy this conversation. Wyatt Troy is the founder of Da Nation. For those of you who don't know, a Da or a DAW is the a digital audio workstation. It is the software that music producers use to make songs. So Da Nation is a movement that is dedicated to learning electronic music production and music business straight from the producers and artists that are already crushing it in the music industry. Da Nation is home to In The Da series, where you can see professional producers break down their songs in real time, as well as the Behind the Daw series, where you also learn the emotional, philosophical, and business side of music. Wyatt lives in Salt Lake City, Utah, and has been married for six years, has two kids. He's such a positive dude. He's built an amazing community, put out so much good content, has a killer podcast. I'm really excited to kind of break down his empire and see how it started, any challenges he came across along the way, how he overcame them, and where he is now. So, Wyatt, thank you so much for making time, man. Of course, dude. This is this is amazing to be here. We're full circle because, for those who don't know, Kaylee actually came on my podcast about two years ago. So he was he actually came on the In the Doll podcast. So this is this is really really cool how we're flipping the tides, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was before I even uh, started to really dive into the podcast world. So you were, you were paving the way and that's like, you know, why don't we just start with like, how did this all start for you? Because when I first met you, 
I kind of knew about you as you were holding these Zoom meetings uh, where you were gathering different artists in the music industry. And it was a really cool container for sharing ideas, inspiration, tips, and, and just building this sort of guild of musicians. So can, can you take us back to the beginning? How did Daw Nation start? Yeah, it's a great question. So at the time, especially when you and I met, um, I was attending um, a school that is well known inside of inside of a, the electronic music producer community. It's called Icon Collective. Um, a lot of big people have come out of there. And at the time, I only had one kid. So I had my wife and, and one child at that time. I had my daughter. And we just found out we were about to have our son. And nothing crushes you more when you when you finally realize inside of the music industry that it's broken and that there's not a lot of ways to make money unless you tour you know what I mean and so when I started going to icon um that was you know I was like obviously I want to go to icon to get better at producing but I want to find out all the business side to be able to know how to make money and so when I found out like the really only legit way for an artist at the time to make money was through touring it was like crushing it was like dude, I got a wife and a child, another child on the way. I just spent all this money and this is what I found out. You know what I mean? Like this is, it was, it was soul crushing. That really was like, I was like, okay, like I really got to put on, I, I, I got to put on my big boy boots now and I got to figure out a way to be able to provide for my family while still being in music because I still love music. Um, and one of the things that I loved most about Icon, there wasn't a lot that I loved about it, to be honest, but there was one thing that I did love. And that was that they actually brought in artists that were in LA and I was, I was on the online program and they brought in artists and they would live stream them from, from the actual like on ground um, facility. And they would ask them questions. I was like, this is what we should be doing. And they're like, we need to be learning from these people, not from these teachers. Like none of these teachers really have a career yet. I mean, some of them do now, but like at the time they were just like, they just graduated from college and they kind of knew more than I did. And I was paying so much money to just learn from people that just kind of knew a little bit more than I did. And so I was like, well, frick, what, what if I just did that for people? Like, like, what if I reached out to people like the people that are coming through, at, like these producers that are coming through at Icon that are speaking, and I just bypassed the whole Icon thing and just did that for people, right? And so... At the time, I hit up uh, Multiplier, um, who was a really good friend and mentor at the time. And I was like, I have this idea for a series. It's called In the Daw. Like, what if we bring people and have them break down their songs? And they're actually learning from the people that are doing They're learning from the people that are currently releasing songs on these big labels, learning the techniques that are relevant and so on and so forth. And he was like, holy crap, dude. Like, yes, like, let's just do it. And so we started the series. The first episode was, was, uh, with Trivecta. And from there, it just like cascaded into this huge thing. Cause the minute that we released that episode, everyone was like, what you can learn from these people. You could, you could, they're not godlike figures that you can't touch or even talk to. You know what I mean? It's like, what are you kidding me? And they want to share these things. And then from there, it, it just exploded. First off, am I on the right path? Is this what you want to learn? Is this, is this what you were asking? Okay. At the time, it was just the YouTube channel. So that's, yeah, the, at the time, we just launched the, the YouTube series in the DAW. And then after a couple episodes in, I was like, but frick, dude, there's so many people in the music industry that don't fit within this in the DAW box that like, you know, like I'd love to bring on like label holders and Spotify hmm. playlist curators and, and you know, singer and songwriters, and but they, they don't fit within the in the DAW 
a kind of kind of box. And so that's when the idea of behind the dog came, where it's like, okay, let's like, what if we actually made a podcast that was more so about the philosophical and emotional and the business side, like everything else that goes into a thriving music career that doesn't fit within the technical realm, right? And so that's when we released that. Again, like just cascaded. People are like, oh my gosh, like why, why isn't this happening? Why isn't there more of this? And so, um, so that's when we got into the podcasting realm. And at which point I was like, you know, it's just kind of a little nerdy fact. I was like, wait, shoot, we could also make a podcast version of the, in the DOS series and put it on the podcast. So now we have like double the content on the podcast. So we could also take the podcast and make a visualizer and put it on YouTube and kind of like cross pollinate. I was like, well, shoot, this makes a lot of sense. Anyways. So that also answered your question about the podcast, right? Yeah, so that's that's amazing. Um, the the amount of content you produced, and just to break down that that sort of launch strategy you did, you didn't say, "Hey, I want to make a podcast from the beginning." You you focused really on the value you were going to be giving to the community that you were building, yeah. and then you partnered with Multiplier, and Multiplier is one of the the most definitely top ranking in YouTube for music production, at least in Ableton Live. That's right. Um, and so you partnered with someone who had larger influence. Right, like he right. he had a he had a thing going already, and you worked with him to kind of uh, set sail on the in the DAW uh, series. Right. Is that right? That's right. And to to actually put a word to what what that is, I didn't realize what it was at the time, but it's uh, now I do know what it's called. So what that is called, that strategy is what's called, um, at least in in the marketing world that I've been, is called using the Dream One Hundred. So the Dream One Hundred is this is this concept of of at least a hundred people that already have your audience. They're, they've already created the audience. Already, they've already created this platform for you. And so you work with these people to be able to leverage their audience, so to say. It's fame by association, right? You have these brand ambassadors, these people that are like the forefront of the brand. In this case, it's multiplier for his own brand. And so I was like, hey, can I benefit you by providing content for you? And you benefit me by people getting more eyes on this series. And he was like, absolutely. And so then I started to realize, like, well, shoot, every single person that we bring on is also technically leveraging the Dream 100. Every single producer has followers that are producers. So we're leveraging more and more and more of the Dream 100. So yes, so the very big part of the launch plan plan was using this concept of the Dream 100. Yeah, and that's absolutely in podcasting, just even just audio podcasting, bringing guests on is one of the quickest, easiest, and most authentic ways to grow organically. So I mean, it's so cool how that worked for you in YouTube and then how you were able to build that bridge over to the audio only platform. And can, can you talk a little bit about the early days of how it started? Because, you know, it, so it was only on YouTube, you were having these zoom calls. Can you talk a little bit about the mechanism of what those zoom calls were doing? Because I want, I want to give people more ideas for how you can build an audience around your content outside of just putting content out. It's a really good question. So what he's talking about is that we kind of had like these little mastermind meetings like every week um, where I found producers that I felt like were on the same trajectory as where I wanted to be or that I felt brought value or that that I felt like, you know, like would be really, really good to network with and be around. And we had these little meetings. This was actually before the before I started in the DAW. You know, we bring them on through Zoom. We'd ask questions. We'd share ideas, all that kind of stuff. And it was so good at the time because it was like it was like, oh, I'm like I'm actually networking with with people. Cause at the time I was living in St. George, Utah, population of like a hundred thousand in the middle of the desert. How many producers are there? I was arguably probably like one of 10, you know what I mean? And right. I didn't know where the other nine were. And so 
networking through the Zoom calls at the time was absolutely amazing. Um, and it was act, it kind of laid the foundation for in the DAW because I was like, oh, cool. Like these people do want to come in and they do want to share ideas. And then at that point, that's when I did pivot more into in the DAW. And that's where those weekly meetings that we were doing actually fell to the wayside. And we actually, we haven't had one since, right? Just because, I mean, mainly I got just too busy with, with the other thing. You know what I mean? That's awesome. It reminds me of like, you know, tilling the soil and, and like getting, getting the foundation, right? And it's, it's almost like the idea was birthed out of that because you were doing yes. these sort of behind the scenes in the Zoom call, different artists would come on and share their screen, maybe That's even right. talk about stuff. But you also had the business and the mindset. And one of the things that came up in those calls that I remember was this idea of flow state. And I was wondering if you could just share with the listeners a little bit about what flow state is, you know, maybe talk a little bit about it in music, but a lot of these listeners, may not be musicians, how could that apply to podcasting, podcast editing, uh, and just business and life in general? Totally. So at the time when when we were talking about flow state back then, right, we were referring to that, like when you get into this musical flow state, when you're creating and it just, it just comes like, it seems natural. It does, there seems to be no resistance, so on and so forth. Right. Ever since then, my knowledge of what the flow state is and how to achieve that flow state has, it's made leaps and bounds because not only Figure, figuring out systems that have worked for me to tap into that flow state, but also understanding it on a psychological level of actually what happens. Just to say where this information is coming from, we actually just did this course with Crywolf, who is extremely creative, um, unbelievably creative, like does not experience uh, writer's block ever <laughs> because of the systems that he has. Huh. And he really opened up my mind to like what happens when you're actually in flow state and what you can do to create that. So flow state meaning... I mean, if we're getting down to like the most barest definition of what a flow state is, it's when you are doing some type of task that you're doing either mentally or physically or both. And there is the least amount of friction. There is the least amount of resistance. There is the least amount of brain calories being burned in order for this thing to be done. You know what I mean? It's almost as though you, you enter some type of higher intellect, higher intellectual uh, state that you have. Right. And from what I've learned from that, this is, this is, and this, this applies to like, you're saying like podcast editing, business, anything that that can come along, along your, your path. If you have what's called what, what I call systems, then you can enter that flow state much easier. And what a system is, it is, it is a step-by-step process that takes all of the brain power out of doing something so that your brain can activate that higher intellect. You see what I'm saying? So like, for example, um, everyone has a system, everyone has a system for something. They just may not realize that they call it. For example, like if I have to every, every night I do dishes, it is atrocious. We have so many, I don't understand how we have this many, these many, (laughs) this many dishes. Okay. But if I I have a system, right. I, I like, I do it a certain way so I can get it done the fastest possible. Not having a system or having an ineffective system would be like this. It'd be me filling up the the sink all the way, washing one dish, draining the sink, filling it back up, washing one dish. And you know, you just hearing that you're like cringe. You're like, why would you do that? And my, and and to that, I say, exactly. Your brain is already looking at that and being like, that is an ineffective system. It it is burning, burning way too many brain calories. It's taking way too much time. There's way too much effort. And it is the same whenever you have to do something and you feel that resistance. Maybe you need to sit down and edit a podcast and you're like, oh, I don't want to do this. This sucks. It hurts. There's so much effort. What that is, is your brain saying, bro, you don't have an effective system. You don't, you don't have a system that's set in place right now in order for you to do that properly and effectively and fast, right? Um, or to the point where there's a lot of, or to the point where you're saving brain calories, so to say. So flow state is this ability to 
tap into some type of system that will save the brain calories, that will save this, the, the resistance or, or get rid of the resistance, so to say, so that you can do something and you just do it like this. So now the brain is not no longer burning energy on, ah, oh, crap, am I supposed to do this first or this first? Oh, I forgot to do this. Oh, there's that step that wasn't there. What? There's got to be a better step than this. Instead of just burning brain energy and that, the brain is like, like full energy into the system. Step one, do this. Step two, do this. And it just like, just comes out like crazy. Is that, does that make sense to answer your question? Absolutely. Wow. That is really useful information and it's not always talked about. And I think a lot of newer podcasters, they don't get into it because they want to be an editor. They get into it because they want to share their message, but then they're immediately confronted with being in the DAW, the digital audio workstation. For those of you who don't know that term, like Audacity, GarageBand, et cetera. So that is so essential to to design that system to to give it thought to figure out how to make it as efficient as possible and i'm curious if you could break down a little bit of like with your podcast and your and the series do you have any any systems and strategies that you could share uh for how you've made that more simple and and less friction Yes. So very first off, I'd highly encourage every single person listening to this to download an app called Workflowy. Um, Workflowy is my system tracker. So what this is, is anytime I have a system with anything like reaching out to guests, I have a system answering emails every day. I have a system editing episodes. I have a system and I keep track of that system inside of Workflowy. And it literally like you go into Workflowy and there's like system editing podcast, you open it up and there's the three main pillars that go into editing a podcast and the step-by-step process. So no matter what, no matter if I have to do it or I have to hire someone to do it, I can send them the system and be like, this is it, go forth and conquer. And this is also the key to like being able to be more efficient with content production in general, which is the number one fuel for, for growing the podcast is like putting out more content and making more out of each episode. So coming up with systems for what are you going to do with each episode to make it stretch as far as possible. I could see the value in using something like this. That's right, dude. You got it. So I got it up in front of me right now. So there's the main system, which is the, 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 the podcast editing system. And then within that system, there are subsystems. Um, the subsystem is, um, I call it subsystem one is a phase one edit. Subsystem two is a phase two edit. Subsystem three is a phase three edit. So if we go into phase one, this is, I have this all right now. Like it is incredible how much time I dedicated to, to doing this because inside of the subsystem, there's microsystems and then there's protocols, which basically wow. it's, it's literally just like breaking it down to like, here's these categories. Here's the categories within the categories. Here's the categories within those categories. And here's the step-by-step things that you do within those categories. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But basically uh, at a bird's eye view, there's a phase one edit, which is all reductive editing. It's broad reductive editing. So it's like separating out audio. If you need to separate out audio, it's mixing and mastering. It's, it's, uh, leveling. It's, it's everything like that. It's just like broad strokes. You're not doing any surgical editing. It's just like, okay, let's get this all in the same project. Let's get this all synced together. Let's get this, you know, like the same levels and mixed and mastered and so on and so forth. Right. Then we go into phase two editing. Phase two editing is where you do the reductive surgical editing. So this is now, now it's like, okay, go cut out all the ums, go cut out all the long pauses where people are sneezing, the, the, the redundant conversation that doesn't need to be there, the whatever, you know, the, in our podcast, we cut out all the, all the cursings, all the cursing gets cut out. So on and so it's like what, whatever, it's like all the surgical editing is done inside of uh, phase two. And then inside of phase three is where all the additive editing comes in. So like for the podcast, it'd be like adding in background music. It'd be adding in transitional sounds. We have a pre-recorded sponsorship. We put that in uh, with video. It'd be like adding all the, all the video effects, so on and so forth. And that's kind of the broad overview of the system. Wow. But that that right there, I mean, that is that has helped me more than anything. Cause if if I'm editing, which is never now because I 
loathe editing. Um, but if I am editing, I know exactly it's like, okay, I'm either in phase one, phase two or phase three. Where am I with this episode? All right, I'm here. Keep going. Right. And if I'm hiring someone, then I literally just send them this and I'm like, this is it have fun. And then I can ask them, Hey, uh, where are you at? And they're like, Oh, I'm in uh, phase two. I'm like, good. Okay. Thank you for letting me know. And phew, it's just so there's, there's just no, there's no thought. There's no yeah. brain power. You know what yeah. I mean? The brain, the brain calories are just, they're saved. You know what yeah. I mean? Literally. And, and that's, a, that's a real thing, right? Is we have to eat food and have the energy to think and do activities. And if we're investing it in unsystematized processes that take us in all these other directions away from like following our goal, uh, we end up losing those calories, that that time, everything. So the system is, is actually key for any business in general, not just audio editing, but any business to scale has to document these processes. So this is, this is like across the board, such a great strategy to do for every element of a business, a podcast, any sort of brand. So thank you so much for breaking that down. That is some serious gold in there. I'm glad you like it, man. Thank yeah. You. So um, you start, you you used to edit your show. Now you've you've grown to the point where you can hire editors. You, you've also expanded into courses and just like a very, just a very incredible presence across all the channels. Can you talk a little bit about like, what courses uh, Dawn Nation offers and maybe we could get into a little bit about courses and promotion because I think that's a huge way for podcasters to monetize is not necessarily just sponsors, but to turn their knowledge into a course and then market the course through the podcast. So could you talk that's a little right. bit about that? The benefit of having a course or a digital product is 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 unbelievable. Like sponsorships, like they, they are good and you, you will make money. If you want to make real money though, like life-changing money, it's if you have your own product and that may be something that you create, that may be something that you partner with people to create. And it's insane, especially when you have a platform that you've been building for three years, like I have, it's incredible. Um, I would highly, unless you're like, you have a really, really good skill at something. I actually really like the method of going and partnering with someone. Cause then you don't have to spend the time getting that skill. And then you have the social proof of that person. You know, for example, if, if you wanted to make a course inside of the, inside of that health industry, you could go and partner with someone and, you know, like maybe they're a big like Instagram influencer and they have their own podcast and whatever, but you go and partner with them. You're like, Hey, what if we do this and I'll do X, Y, Z and you do X, Y, Z and we'll sell it together. It's just so easy. You know what I mean? You don't even have to spend the years of gaining the skill or people being like, wait, why are you an authority in this? You know what I mean? You, you completely bypass that, which is ultimately getting into what, uh, what I did because like, yes, I was a producer. I've been producing for a long time, but I, that's, I, I haven't, I haven't been touring, you know what I mean? I'm going off my own philosophy. Now I want to learn from the people that are actually doing it. Right. I haven't, I haven't toured. I haven't released on big labels and so on and so forth. And so that's very first off, um, I presented the the idea of a course to someone by the name of AU5. Now, if, if you're in the electronic music producer community, you know who that is. If you're not, then you won't. But AU5 is like, the daddy of sound design. Like the guy is unbelievable. And so I hit him up and was like, Hey, like, would you be interested in doing this? And he's like, yeah, dude, like, yeah, of course. It sounds amazing. And so we created this course thinking, I mean, really at the time I was like living off Patreon funds, you know, which was wow. like less than a thousand dollars a month, you know, wow. and with a wife and two kids, it's like, come on, right. you know what I mean? And so at the time I was doing that. And so we were like, you know, like, let's just do it. Like people have asked for this. I've seen other podcasts do this. Let's just do uh, like, let's just do some type of product. We'll promote it. I'll run a few ads to it. And we didn't really have that high of expectations, but we're like, Hey, let's, let's just do it. And so we released it 
March 11th, 2019 was the day my life changed forever. I know later on you want to talk about God and music. This was this is actually something that we're going to dip into the spiritual realm right now. I remember Please. when I was trying to trying to build the Patreon um, and I was so stressed. We, we had other forms of income, but like I was dedicating 90% of my time to building the podcast and building uh, this brand. And it was bringing in like less than 10% of our, of, of what we needed really, you know what I mean? And it was, it was really, really hard. And I was grinding, trying to build this Patreon. And I had the distinct, I would say spiritual feeling one night when I was putting my son to bed and it hit me like a ton of bricks and it's like ditch Patreon focus on this course. I had no logic to believe that. I mean, like, yeah, I've seen other podcasts do that, but I didn't know the numbers behind what they were making or anything. And I was like, I've, I've literally just spent like the last nine months building this thing. How can I just throw it to the wayside? And it, this, the feeling came in is like, ditch it, leave it wow. alone, move on. And I was like, okay, here we go. So I put all my eggs in one basket. We finished the course March 11th, 2019. We launched it. I made more money in 24 hours than I did in the last two years. You know what I mean? It was, it was unreal (laughs) what happened. You know what I mean? I was like, I called him. I was like, you need to sit down right now because we just made, mm." and he's like, we just did what? You know what I mean? It was like this, this, this course that we had no expectations to. And that was the day everything changed. It was like, Oh, and then my eyes were open and then I saw how everything played in with each other. I understood the purpose of doing the podcast episodes and doing the YouTube videos and how they could lead to these products and how more products could, or how these products could lead to more products and how we could refine this and how we could run ads to this, which would grow the podcast and also grow the the products and so on and so forth. Like, it's like the lights were just like, like floodlights just churned on in my life. And I was like, I get the vision. You know what I mean? It was like, I get why I've been prompted to do this and keep going down this path. And so that's why I would encourage anyone. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a course. It could be any type of product. You know what I mean? I'm not just saying course courses are really freaking effective, um, but it could be a, a variety of different things. But now to get into the second part that you were talking about, um, which was actually the first part you're talking about, which is what are some of the courses that we have? So that, that course that we did with AU5 evolved into something huge that we call the school base, which is his entire sound design process and his evolving sound design process. And this, this, this evolving course, all this base sound design. It's called, yeah, I think I said it's called the school base. So that's the first thing that we have. We also have uh, something that actually leads the school base called the Serum Masterclass. There's a synth inside the producer community called Serum. Everyone uses it. Barely no one knows how to use it though. Austin's a genius. AU5 is a genius. So we, we, he broke down every single thing inside of there and all of his advanced techniques that he used. It was a, it was a huge hit. We also had one, like I mentioned earlier with Crywolf. And this was, um, this is all about creativity and like create, learning how to create 30 songs in 30 days and learning how to tap in your flow state every single time you sit down. And th- so we have one of those. We also have a few other ones. Uh, we got a lot of products to be honest. And so a, a, a few other ones that are more like song walkthrough style, uh, courses that are like huge, like learn how to make 14 songs that got over a hundred million streams style wow. thing. You know what I mean? And so there's like, there's, there's those type of products, but I like, if you make a podcast and you don't have something like that yet, I would highly encourage you to start thinking about it now, because like I said, on March 11th, 2019, my whole life changed. And then <laughs> The next year, we figured out even more things to tether into the brands and basically get all of our products to work together so they all promote each other. And that was the day my life changed after my life changed. And ever since then, it's like, okay, this this is next next level. This is you know what I mean. So, anyways, was so is that um, that that was some that was an awesome story. Thanks for bringing us through that. It sounds like you you kind of reached 
uh, a wall or like, you know, it was the, the funds weren't cutting it. You were putting so much time and energy into Patreon and you had to take a leap of faith to go with the course. And that ended up working out really well. Yeah. And, and it sounds like that was, that was like maybe one of the, the big, would you say that was like the biggest challenge that you had gotten to at that point was just like pouring so much work into it and it, and it's not really paying off through Patreon. That's right. That's right. Cause I mean, there is a lot of, I mean, if you want to get into the sacrifice of building donation, we can get into that in a minute. But yes, at that point, that was probably the biggest bottleneck, the biggest hurdle that we had, right? Because we were having these enormous people come on, but I was making less than if I went and worked at McDonald's. You know, because what I mean? you were you were you were you're getting income through the donations of your listeners who wanted to keep your content coming out, but it was it was like a donation for the content. As soon as you created this product, it it was fulfilling some need that was, you know, people really wanted to learn from AU5 from Austin and wanted to learn about Serum, this program. They wanted to learn the techniques of the top producers that they're listening to that you know, when, when I started electronic music production, you know, you'd be lucky to find a good YouTube tutorial from someone who actually made it. A lot of it was just people sharing what they learned, but they, they didn't tour, they didn't do any of that. So you, you were satisfying a need in the market for like real knowledge from the real pros. And it, and it kind of required you to take that leap of, did you have to actually stop receiving donations through Patreon to do that? It's funny you mentioned that. I'm actually still receiving donations through nice. Patreon. No, nice. so like, so I still kept it open just because like we were still like, like think at the time we were still making like four or five hundred bucks a month from it. So I was like, I mean, let's just let that this until people right. stop donating. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, we were still receiving funds from that. That's awesome. So it was more just like not focusing on putting content out for just the Patreon users and and like managing that whole system. You went full on course creation mode. And so you mentioned you, there's a second shift and this maybe is a branding thing. Am I right? Is this where Donation was kind of birthed? So you're talking about the second shift, like when this year it was like, holy crap, things changed. It wasn't a branding thing. So the branding thing actually came in between those two. It actually came in between March of 2019 and in April or May of 2020, um, where we like... Re- because it wasn't necessarily, it was kind of a branding shift. It was more so like a, a branding organization. Rather, yeah, consolidation you know I mean? of things. Yeah, because right. at the time we had these two brands, right? In the DAW and behind the DAW. And it was like, well, they're kind of the, frick, they're underneath the same roof, but what do you say, right? So that's where DAW Nation came from, right? And now well, Let's break it down company. real quick for people. Cool. Can you just kind of walk us through that ecosystem? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So Donation is the brand. It is it is the the overarching encompasses everything, right? And then inside of Donation, much like systems, right? Think of think of Donation as the system. And now we're getting into the subsystems, right? Now the the, the categories inside of Donation are number one in the DAW, which is the YouTube series where we break down songs. Number two, uh, behind the DAW, which is the podcast series where we interview people not that are that, that are not just technical right and number three are the products right is is that's where you get the courses the sample packs the walkthroughs the mentorships the whatever it is right and so that's and so like of course within products that's where you get like the school base and the sarah Masterclass and so on and so forth right so that's donation is is everything is the whole right right and then inside of donation is in the dot behind the dot so on and so forth so get back to getting back to your original question that you're saying is is was it the big branding shift that that shifted everything it is not the big shift that actually came into frick i don't have the book right here dang it um there's a book called dotcom secrets you ever read that book before no highly encourage everyone to get dotcom secrets uh is by the guy by the name of russell brunson you ever heard of russell brunson? oh yeah click funnels you know click funnels man so uh russ brunson has three amazing books dotcom secrets expert secrets traffic secrets highly encourage everyone to read all three of them 
but it's this entire concept of funnels. I've used funnels since the beginning, but I haven't used funnels since the beginning. You know what I mean? Like I, I thought I did Wyatt's version of funnels since the beginning. And then along the way, I read those books and my eyes were again opened. And I was like, I am leaving so much on the table. And so I started to leverage the strategies that he teaches and that he uses himself inside of, inside of his uh, ClickFunnels uh, funnel. And <laughs> That's when everything changed, dude. Like it was like, again, everything changed again. I was like, whoa, like figuring out how to tether everything together, upsells, downsells, cross sells, bump offers, retargeting, email retargeting, so on. It's webinars, like all this kind of stuff was like, it just opened my mind up to the entire realm of marketing, what it should be. You see what does I'm saying? Does he have a, does that book outline a single kind of system to, cause you know, hearing you say that and I'm in the digital marketing world, I understand everything you just said. And it's still overwhelming, right? Like for someone hearing who maybe hasn't ever even done a lead magnet, they haven't sure. worked with funnels before. I'd like to break that down first of all. But then in that book, is there like a pretty clear path of like where to start, what the middle is, what the end is, how to yes. how to kind of implement all that? Because it sounds like so many different things that you have to get into play. And, and for someone yes. who might be a little overwhelmed, I'm just wondering if we could break that down. Yeah, so... Something that I learned, I'm going to answer your question in just one second. I just want to yeah. reframe my, my answer with this. So something that I've learned along the way, we as podcasters, we as, we as content creators, our divine responsibility is to take these big, complicated ideas and to frame them in such a light where it's so easy to understand them. Like a third grader would be like, yeah, I get it. I get funnels. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, dude, totally. I get production now. You know what I mean? So totally. on and so forth. That is, that is our divine mission is to do that, right? Is to take something so complicated and convert it into something simple. And so... To, so I want to preframe that to leading into the book. I don't know anyone who does that better than Russell Brunson. I'm serious. Like he has this innate ability to take something ultra complicated, ultra overwhelming and put it in such a light that you're like, of course, like, like I relate it to like whenever I, whenever I Promote. recommend his books to someone, you know what I mean? I always phrase yeah. it like eating a banana. Like if I, if you've never seen a banana before and I threw the banana at you and I said, eat the banana, you'd be like, okay. And then bite it and be like, this is disgusting. But if I was like, threw the banana at you and I was like, open it first. And you open it and you're like, of course you open it. The thing, the, the, the <laughs> banana's inside. That's what you eat and that's delicious, right? But you would right. never know that unless I told you something so simple, but you would never know that. That's how I feel about him and, and funnels. And so like he explains it in such a way you're like, of course you do this first. That makes sense. Then you do that first. And it just, it's, it's such a light where it just makes sense. So did I answer your question? Absolutely. Um, would you be open to just sharing briefly in case someone doesn't understand what the idea of a funnel is? Yes. Could you just break that down briefly? I would love to. Yeah. So the best way that I can explain it, and this is how he explains it as well. There's two, two different concepts that look like the same thing. One is a website and one is a funnel is, you know, to the, to the, to the untrained eye, they look like the exact same thing. A website is the equivalent of like, if me and Kaylee here went down to Walmart down the street and was, and we walked in and we were greeted by someone, you know, creepy Walmart greeters. And they were like, welcome to Walmart, have fun. And you're just like, well, frick, like I'm here to buy a grill. Like, I don't know where to go. I don't know. Is it over here? Is it over there? Like, I don't know. And then you go and you look at them. There's like 14 different grills and you're like, I guess this, this one, cause it's the middle one. It's not the cheapest, but not the most expensive. I guess this, I don't know anything. Let's go. Right. And that's it. That, that is what a, a traditional website is. Like they come to your website. There's so many places they go. They go to your blog. They can go to your courses page. They can go to your about page, your support page. They can get lost in it. They don't really know what they're looking for here. Now they're looking at your course. They don't even know what the course is really about. They just like, it's like, I don't know. Right. 
Now, the equivalent to a funnel in this example is, is, is if um, me and Kaylee here, we went down to Walmart and we were immediately greeted, not by a creepy uh, a greeter, but someone that came in beforehand. It's like, hey, Wyatt and Kaylee, I'm glad you came. You're looking for a grill, right? Yes, yes, mm-hmm, yes, cool. They're right over here. They're bringing them over here. You guys have any questions? Yeah, what's the difference between this and this? Oh, the difference between this and this is this, right? But you gotta look out for this because there's a problem with this one and there's a recall on this one, but this one's really good, especially if what you guys are looking for. Awesome, thank you, right? Cool, you get the grill. By the way, guys, like, do, do you like, do you have charcoal? Because you're gonna need charcoal for this. We, I don't have charcoal. Uh, do we need charcoal? We need charcoal. Okay, well, let me recommend you these, these, the, the, this type of charcoal. Okay, cool. By the way, are you a hot dog or a hamburger? I'm a, I'm a hot dog guy. You're a hot dog guy? Let me recommend these hot dogs. And like, they take you down the entire process of things that you didn't even know you needed in the first place to li- really leverage the grill and it helped you understand this thing. And it's just like, again, coming back to a system, there's no brain calories associated with the buying decision. You show up, you know exactly, or someone's there to walk you through the process in a, in a funnel, it'll be digitally walk you through the process and help you understand the things. And the the rate of conversion is through the roof. You know what I mean? If we ran an ad that was straight to the website, oh my gosh, like maybe we'll break even, maybe. But if we ran an ad to a funnel, it's like mm, 10X, huh? That's how much we're making back? Okay, let's, let's crank this bad boy up. You, you see what I'm saying? Does that, does that answer your question? Yeah, it almost sounds like the difference between the store and the salesman, right? Not that- yeah. Not that the store is not also there, but it's that, you know, you have to deal with uh, handling objections and comparing That's things right. and, and just kind of you're interacting more directly with the psychology around a certain product and then you're connecting it. So that, I mean, that's huge. And, and so many people don't, are they're overwhelmed by the idea of digital marketing funnels, ads, all that stuff. But that's so simple when you put it that way. And it, the landing page thing, I think podcasters can benefit a lot from dipping their toes into the marketing world because uh, like you said, we need a product to sell. We need something of our own that we're gonna we're gonna profit from that we can connect into the podcast. And that actually then frees up the airtime. We don't have to try and get just any sponsor that'll give us a dime. We can be a lot more selective about what we promote and we can earn income through other ways. So I feel like that is just like amazing breakdown, amazing advice. This book.com secrets. I'll put the link in the show notes too so people can grab it. Um, you know, it, it just brought up in me specifically thinking about YouTube kind of pivoting. Would you be willing to talk a little bit about YouTube podcasts, any tips or strategies for people on YouTube? Because in the podcast world, you know, there's this conversation about video versus the visualizer or just like an image of the podcast art on YouTube and how it's not really a video. So should we be recording Zoom interviews and putting that on on YouTube? And I know that one of your, the, um, in the DAW is a actual zoom conversation with the program up on screen. So that makes total sense on YouTube when it comes to the actual podcast, where it's just a conversation, how are you handling that? Any YouTube secrets, tips you could share with people? Uh, yeah, that'd be awesome. I love that. Yeah. And this is, this is a big conversation that me and my team have had to have because, well, I mean, we, we see the data, right? We, we know we, we have episodes like you were saying, where it's like the screen recording of the dawn, you know, like we have our, our webcams on, we're talking, then we have the episodes, which is literally, we just took the audio and threw it into a visualizer and uploaded it onto YouTube. Right. And we can see the data. We can see which one performs better. And obviously the one where there's more interaction, there's people on the screen, there's things happening on YouTube performs better. And I mean, it makes sense, right? That's why people are coming to YouTube. There's intent there. They're coming to watch something. And so if you change that and you're like, oh, don't watch this, just listen to this, there's going to be some pushback, right? So what we've found to be able to offset that as much as possible is to be able to basically create a hybrid for each episode, 
of, of the podcast. So if people want to do like what we're doing here, where like the podcast is both of us, you can see both of us high five, go for that. I, I personally have not went that route when it comes to my podcast. I've actually ventured off just into the, the auditory realm. Um, however, here's something that we did do to be able to basically still leverage YouTube as much as possible. Whenever we record a behind the die episodes, which is the podcast episode, I then go right over here to where I have three cameras set up and I record an intro and an outro. And I talk about what is going to be in the episode you know, like they put in graphics, they do everything so that the intro is actually phrased as a YouTube video. You know what I mean? And then when it gets to the actual content of the YouTube video, then that's when it goes to the visualizer. And then the outro of the video, it comes back to, or yeah, at the end of the YouTube video, it comes back to me being in front of these three cameras and being like, thanks so much for watching, so on and so forth, right? And then we take that entire thing, convert that all to audio, and then just release that as audio. So I'm not necessarily creating two different intros and outros for each episode. It's just like one intro, one outro, but the beginning and the ending is always a video. So now it's framed as both a YouTube video and can be used as a podcast at the same time. You see what I'm saying? That is that awesome. has That has shot up conversions like crazy. Um, Plus, the more that people just see your face and get to know you more in, in like kind of a, vi- a visual aspect, I promise it's going to work out really well in the long run, especially when you start running ads yeah. and I start seeing your face like, hey, I know that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Yeah. So brand, building up the brand, that's that's a really good tip. I haven't heard anyone really state that yet. And I think that's that's a really good strategy. Have you also done like what we're doing in the podcast itself, like recording the Zoom call? Never in the podcast realm. I you know, I. There's always something about that. I actually, for me personally, where I feel like I actually get really good podcasts is actually when the cameras are off, yeah. you can relax and everyone's just chilling. You can play with stuff and you know what I mean? You can, you know, you kind of like become right. you at that point. It's a bit so different I, format, right? And you know, yeah. this actually leads into, into the next thing I wanted to talk to you about, which is on the video side of things, actually. So for audio only podcasters, please don't, you know go away. I want to, I want to address the being on camera thing because you're someone who has brings so much good energy to being on screen. And, you know, even if you are just a podcaster, thinking about how to show up on camera is valuable in today's world because of how much it helps build trust in your brand and connects you with your audience. And at least for webinars, if you have that digital product, like there's probably a time where you're going to need to be on camera. So Wyatt, you have such great Wyatt Troy, you have such great <laughs> camera presence. I'm curious, like, where did that come from? Were you an actor? Did you, are you just, is that just naturally you? You seem so enthusiastic, so authentic um, and funny. And so, yeah, could you talk a little bit about your your camera work and how you, sure. how you do that? <laughs> Thank you. I really, really appreciate that. Very first off, again, as I always do with your questions, I want to pre-frame my answer with something, right? Um, there's a difference between talent and skill. Talent is what you're born with. Skill is what you earn over time. Um, I don't believe that we're just destined to be stuck within our talents. So if you look at something like, oh, he's just talented at that thing, uh, and, and I'm not, therefore I'm screwed. I don't believe in that at all. I believe that you can learn any skill. And so if you don't feel as natural on screen as I look right now, that doesn't mean that you can't be there one day. You know what I mean? That, that doesn't mean that you can't earn or learn that skill basically. Right. And so, because that's what I did because to now we're getting into answering your question. I wasn't always like that. In fact, most of, most of elementary, middle school and high school, I was a very awkward, uh, very awkward kid. I was very, uh, uh, reclusive. I was very introverted and, um, really I came from a lot of uh, trauma as a child. And so that was very, very hard to overcome. However, in my later years, and now we're kind of dipping into this, the spiritual realm a little bit in my later years, I actually served a mission for my church. And then, I mean, like, if you want to get used to talking to people, 
serve a mission. Like that will change your entire life. You know what I mean? Um, so along that way, and during those, those times when I was talking to hundreds of people a day, I learned the systems. Remember we're talking about systems. I've learned the systems of how to talk to people. I've learned the systems of how to present myself in, in, in a, in a way that it ultimately comes down to a, a, an analogy that I, that I remember learning on my mission, in fact, which is this example of a cake. Imagine if we had a big cake and I, and I have two ways of getting a piece of cake to you. The first one is me just sticking my hand in the cake and throwing it at you. You're still going to get the same amount of cake and it's still going to get to you, but you're like, oh my gosh, this is horrific. The second example is me delicately slicing it, putting it on a, on a plate and handing it to you, right? Which one would you prefer? It's the same cake, but now it's presented in a different way, right? Right. And so that is something that I learned is that like, it gets a little, a little bit more complicated with how you present words because there's a lot more ways to present the cake when it comes to words, right? There's like a thousand different ways you can present a word. But I learned that along the way is like the way to present things, the way to present objections, the way to present something that you want people to focus on, the way to present even criticism or, or you know, pain or whatever it is, the way to present these things. If you present them in a certain way, the vast majority of the time humans, if you present them in this way, they're going to be like, I get it. Thank you. You know what I mean? Like that makes so much sense. And so it was along the way that I learned those systems. And then uh, and particularly from my, from my mission learning how to talk to people. And then when I came home, I still wasn't even at the level that I was at that I'm at now. But as I continued to do the podcast episodes, I learned, okay, when I present the things like this, no one likes it. When I present the things like this, everyone likes it. When I present you so on and so forth. And so it, it came from a lot of practice, but, and that's, of, of course, is going to come, the answer is going to come back to, you know, you have to practice a lot and get yourself out there. However, I do have a resource that I feel like people would really, really like, actually two resources that are really, really, really good. The first one is called Influence. It's a book by Robert Cialdini or Cialdini. I'm not sure exactly how to say it, but it, it talks about how to influence people. What are the things that you can do to be able to get people to listen to you, to get people to be invested in what you're in, to not be offended, to get people so they're not offended when you bring up objections or so on and so forth, right? That's the first thing. The second thing is a YouTube channel called Charisma on Command. Oh my gosh. You know, you, okay. So you, you, I can see the way that you're nodding that you, you know what I'm talking about. Like it is <laughs> it's a great channel. so good. So, so, so good. So those are the big two resources that I would say. Did that answer your question? Was That's that, awesome. That I mean, this, this interview so far has been full of incredible resources and I'll put all of this in the show notes for, for you listeners. Uh, Charisma on Command is a great channel where they break down how to be more charismatic. They do breakdowns of public figures and how, you know, why they're charismatic and how we can model after them. It's a, uh, it's a great channel. I haven't heard of this book, but it sounds like a mixture of practice and, um, logging those hours, but then also learning some actual systems. And I love the cake analogy. I think that's really helpful, especially in today's world. Like we, everything post COVID we're all online. I feel like learning a couple of these skills for how to be on camera and how to keep people's attention engaged can really support the show that you're working on. So I appreciate you sharing so openly all these, all these tips and you know why we're, we're getting down to the, to the end of the interview. What are you working on right now? That's exciting you so much. You know, I just want to, I want to tune in with where you are today with uh, donation and like, how can people connect in with what you're doing? Of course. And to that, I have two different answers. So there's what I'm working on right now that I feel like podcasters would really, really benefit from. And then there's what I'm working on right now that producers would really, really benefit from. So I want to start with the first one, which is what is the thing that I'm working on right now that that podcasters would really, really benefit on? I've recently read another book. It's called The E-Myth. Um, have you ever, you know what I'm talking about? Okay. The entire book is literally 
what we've been talking about here. It addresses why 95% of businesses fail within the first five years. And ultimately, the, the reasoning behind the book is that there's a lack of systems. There's a lack of delegation and systems and so on and so forth. And so what I have realized is that this is something that we have struggled with since the beginning. Like we've always been behind schedule with releasing. We've always been you know, putting on too much on our plate. We've always been working 12, 13 hours a day to be able to get things done. So they're out on time and then feeling exhausted. And then because we're exhausted, we need to sleep more. And then we fall more behind schedule. And I'm stressed because I'm doing everything and so on and so forth, right? And so what I have been working on as of late is number one, really hyper keeping track of the systems behind everything. Literally, you caught me at like the best time because that system of video editing that I just showed you, I wrote last week. Oh. You know what I mean? And I'm continually to going and, and revising the system, so on and so forth for everything, everything from funnel creation to video editing, so on and so forth. So not only the creation of systems, but the second part of that book, which is really where it, where it's changed my life. And I really hope all of you take advantage of the, take advantage of this way before I did, um, which is what we call like our internship program. Um, as you are creating, it doesn't matter how small you are, you will be astounded at how fast you'll get super fans. Astounded at how fast people will come into your world and want to be a part of it. You know, and working for you, working with you, doing anything that you want to. And so, I primarily have been doing everything. I was the CEO and the president and the marketer and the editor and the fill in the, and the email answer backer and support and so on. You know what I mean? And it was atrocious. I mean, like I worked so hard to do things that I didn't want to do. Like I'm good at marketing. I'm good at being on camera. I'm good at, you know, why it has his superpowers. I'm good at being the entrepreneur and finding new ideas. I'm terrible at customer support. I am terrible. No, I'm actually really good at customer support. I just hate doing it. Um, but you know what I mean? There's, there's other things that just honest. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's things that need to be done that why it necessarily didn't have to do. So instead of just outright, just hiring people, which I mean, in, in, frankly, we could, what we did was we actually, here's another book. There's a book is by Pat Flynn called super fans. We actually leveraged the super fans that we had to eventually hire people. So we created an internship program, which is like you come and intern for us for six to nine months. And if you prove yourself, we'll hire you either part-time, full-time or on a contract by contract basis at the end. Oh my gosh. You want to talk about life changing at that point. You know what I mean? Like I brought in a social media guy. I was like, I need you to answer back DMs. I need you to answer back comments. Every single person that follows me, I want you to send them a personalized voice message. And he has been doing it. And it has been unbelievable. Brad, you're amazing. Thank you for doing this, dude. Like that has changed everything. Again, everything apparently keeps changing in this conversation. Brad does that now. We have people that we have three different video editors now. I got someone that's just handling my funnels and my ads. So they're just like turning on ads and turning off ads and scaling them up and scaling them down and building funnels for me. So I can just come in and do like the last 10% and so on and so forth. Right. Um, it's, I, I got people and the going and finding people to interview for me and pre-framing those people so that I just show up. It's like, I have something, someone virtually for everything now. And that the amount of scalability and the amount of stress that that has come off my, sh that, 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 that has came off my shoulders as is, is just astounding at this point. And so I'd highly encourage everyone to know, like if, if you're at the beginning right now, plan for that plan for that. Eventually you will have a lot of super fans that you can, that you can leverage. I don't like using the, I don't use, like using the word leverage that you can partner with and they will be ecstatic. Are you kidding me? I get to be a part of this podcast. It's my favorite podcast. You know what I mean? Literally finding all 10 of those, those interns, by the way, took a whole 15 minutes going through my Instagram DMs. You know what I mean? Wow. Like literally like it's not that hard to find them. And so, um, anyways, so I highly encourage anyone that's beginner to know that that's going to happen and to, to, to hop on that ASAP for those are, who are more intermediate to advance, 
do it now, like right now, like commit to me right now that you're going to do it because it's going to revolutionize your life. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, so for podcasts, for, 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 um, the advice that we're working on right now that helps podcasters, it's create systems and delegate more. I'm telling you the quality of life will shoot up dramatically. The amount of people that you can serve will shoot up dramatically. The amount of impact that you can make, it will shoot up dramatically. Your quality of life will shoot up dramatically just in general. And so that's the first thing. Second thing that's, um, that's more geared towards producers. So we got in the DAW and behind the DAW. We're starting a new series called Oh My DAW. Um, and that is specifically with, um, with, uh, with AU5, um, where we actually like review different plugins and different softwares and hardwares, but like really honestly, like not paid promotion, like, okay, this thing sucks. You're like, dude, this is crazy. This is great. You know? Um, and that's also, that's going to be a Twitch stream that we're going to repurpose into a YouTube video, which we're going to repurpose into a podcast episode. So we're hitting out three birds with one stone. Um, so that's one thing that we're working on working with. I mean, the amount of products that we're creating is like, like products like, like courses and sample packs and project files and MIDI packs and all that kind of stuff is just like, I forget how much there is until I log into ClickUp, which is where I keep track of everything. And then I'm like, okay, like we got a lot going on. So there's more <laughs> of those style of things. I mean, if you're more of a producer, you can come over to Donation and find out more about that. I don't want to waste people's time that are producers. Um, but did that answer your question of what we got going that's on? It, that's right awesome. You guys are are just growing so much and and meeting so much success. And you've been so generous with all your your tips and advice and experience. And I really encourage everyone to go subscribe to your podcast, check it out. Even if you're not a music producer, just go check out what what this guy is doing. He has been working so hard, and he's built this amazing thing that is serving its community. And it's a great example of how to monetize your podcast. Podcast, how to build super fans and how to love doing it at the same time, connect with people you're inspired by. And it's just, it's a beautiful thing, man. It's great to reconnect with you after, after so long. And, um, I'm really grateful for your time. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. This was amazing. Yeah. So just, uh, where, where's the best single place for people to get connected with you? For sure. Uh, best single place to get connected with me, the easiest, the, the one with the least amount of brain calories, uh, go to Instagram, subscribe to Instagram if you want to come over there. And then if you want any other thing, any other concept that's associated with donation in the DAW, behind the DAW courses, just click on the bio link. We have a hyperlink. It'll take you to everything that you want to go to at that point. So yeah, Instagram is the easiest place to go to. Cool. Awesome. Cool. Wyatt Choi, it was great talking, man. Uh, I, I wish you and your family well, and I'll catch you soon, hopefully, man. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate Take it. Take care, brother. All right. Wow, that was awesome. There's so much to unpack in there. I'm going to put all his resources in the show notes. Thank you for tuning in. Even if you're not a music producer, I'm pretty sure that you're going to get something from that episode. Um, I think some key highlights are to have some sort of digital product to have a some funnel system. So if you don't know anything about funnels, you can you can Google it. There's so much information. There's so many channels. You can check out the book he he gave, or you can join our Facebook group, ask some questions. I'll I'll be there. I can answer some questions about it. Um, but you you want to you want to have something that you can sell of your own, or something that you can give away for an email at the very least to help grow your show. And uh, beyond that, developing systems, make taking out that brain processing power when you're trying to work on your editing or your episode 
write down every step that you do. And then you don't have to come up with, oh, what do I need to do next now? Just systematize as much as possible. That's been really helping me as well with all my projects. And I think the last thing there is to network and piggyback and just collaborate with other people in your niche, in your field, and try to support each other and try and lift each other up, try and borrow each other's audiences and grow. And in this way, not only can we grow our show, but we can give more value to the most amount of people. And I think at the end of the day, that's what we all want to do is we want to create positive impact. So if you haven't, please subscribe, um, share this with someone who you feel like could benefit from this. And if, if you enjoyed it, leave a, a rating and a review it really helps for people scanning the for new podcast to see that other people are enjoying it. I'm Kaylee Marks. Thank you again for tuning in to be on air. I'll see you next time. Take care.